0: Welcome to the childcare business podcast brought to you by ProCare Solutions. This podcast is all about giving childcare, preschool, daycare, after school and other early education professionals a fun and upbeat way to learn about strategies and inspiration you can use to thrive. You'll hear from a variety of childcare thought leaders, including educators, owners and industry experts on ways to innovate to meet the needs of the children you serve. From practical tips for managing operations to uplifting stories of transformation and triumph, this podcast will be chock full of insights you can use to fully realize the potential of your childcare business. Let's jump in.
1: I want to welcome everybody to the childcare business podcast? I'm your host, Ryan Gwaltney. And uh, I'm excited before we started, you know, recording this episode, I was going down Memory Lane with one of our guests today, Neil Singupta. Uh, he's the Chief Operating Officer of Better Beatons branding in Duluth, Georgia. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about, you know, Neil's background. He's here with Lindsay Ward, who is one of the graphic designers at Better Beans. And, you know, we thought it would be a, a really fun episode to talk a little bit about the importance of design in childcare centers and, and how the work environment creates positive spaces for young learners. And it's, it's probably a topic that many of our, in our audience are familiar with. I, we know a lot of thought goes into laying out uh the physical environment that you operate in. But you know, we wanted to talk to some experts today and get a little insight from their side of the industry. So Neil, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Hey Ryan, thank you for having
2: us. We, we really appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're uh, excited. It
2: was, it was um it is great to see you again and uh certainly appreciate the opportunity to share what we do and, and just talk, you know, really important topics for sure. So um
1: looking forward to getting to know your listeners and, and being out there for them too. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so Nia, I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but just as a starting point, do you mind talking a little bit about your background in the industry and kind of what brought you to the current, you know, role and position that you're in? And then Lindsay, I'd love to hear the same from you maybe in terms of where you've been in your career and what you do now for Better Beans. Yeah,
2: so happy to, Ryan. So I I was telling um, your screening teammates and everybody on the call earlier today that, you know, what we do for the industry, construction, brand development, signage, and interior design, we first did for ourselves out of necessity, right? So when you're working with Better Beans, you're you're working with an organization who um, has also operated schools, you know, uh, upwards of 25 locations, here in the Metro Atlanta area and beyond. And so out of our own necessity to uh, really innovate and be ahead of the pack, we have found the need consistently forever to to deliver on design and brand development and facility uh, management in in, in a way that actually moves the meter for the experience for the customer, right? So we got started um, through acquisitions of childcare centers. Before we were even Better Beans, our senior partner and owner Thad Joiner um, operated schools here in Georgia, and uh, and in that operation, we developed a branding process to improve our messaging for our customer, to m- improve our connectivity to our employee, to improve um, what the community related to when and saw us as in each and every neighborhood and market that we were in, and, and the result of that. Um, Exercise became a process, and that process becomes something now that we can help the rest of the industry with and that we've been now
1: doing for almost 10 years. And, Lindsay, I want to ask you to to introduce yourself. What? So I know you're a graphic designer on the team. I've got a bunch of questions about all the work that you guys do. Um but introduce yourself. What's your background? I'm guessing it's creative, but maybe I'm wrong. If you tell me that you were like a mathematician, I might be surprised. Um, guessing it's creative, but talk to about us about your background, what you do.
3: Yeah, definitely not related to math as everyone here will tell you. I do not like members, but uh, yeah, I started out as a photographer. My undergrad is in art, specializing in photography. And due to life circumstances, I um, also decided to get a master's in graphic design. And right after that is kind of when I found Better Beans and started working for the team. And it's just been an amazing ride ever since. I've learned more than I ever thought I would, especially about schools and signage. And yeah, it's it's been a great, a great time.
1: Yeah, right on. And was this like, like a traditional, like job find for you in terms of got done with school, they were looking for a graphic designer and you responded to an ad? Or was it I knew somebody or I knew the industry?
3: It was it was more traditional. I, um, I was looking and, and, you know, really wanted to, to move on and start my career. I was I was still in my the my home state and where I went to college. So I definitely wanted, was ready to move on. So I saw the ad and started, um, you know, once I applied, I started doing a little freelance stuff just to see, you know, how the fit was. And it turned out to be a good fit. So yeah, that's how I came along.
1: Here we are. Next thing you know, you're on a podcast. And that's right. <laughs> yeah, nice. So, so talk to me, uh, Neil, if you could. I want to go back to the way better beans was formed. Like I know you guys operated schools for many years and that was kind of what, what birthed this business when you were doing that, were you guys aware at the time that what you were doing was unique and kind of your secret sauce, or was it more like in retrospect, like you got out of operating and you look back and you realize, wow, we actually were different and had an approach that we could go and share. Yeah, you know, I think
2: as you started doing it, we realized because in, like like your listeners throughout the industry, you make friends and you make colleagues across across the industry and you go to events and you start meeting the people who are doing what you do everywhere, right? And when you start hearing their stories, you realize um that they've got the same challenges. They've got the same same issues that they're trying to solve for for us, um Looks not, and not to get too far back into the story, but for us, we were doing this process as well in the restaurant business prior to even being in childcare. And so we understood the value of consistent messaging and consistent design. And so we brought that along with improving the operations of where we operated into the childcare space, and it works every time. So it, did, did we know that it was magic? I, I don't know that I would like to call it magic. It's something that that yes, it's special. And yes, we knew we'd help others, but the, really the phone started to ring for us after that first round of businesses were sold. And Thad took a number of calls that said, hey, how did you do what you did? To, what's the secret? And you get out to to now who are friends and colleagues and interested parties and help them see their space and take the tunnel vision off. And And what ended up becoming for Better Beans was, hey, there's people have the desire and they have um, the interest in this process and the interest in this solution, but what they didn't have was time. Mm. Right. And so we put that together in a, in a turnkey sort of way to address from start to finish through implementation, a better way to elevate your your business or your space.
1: That's amazing. I I was going to ask you to elaborate on that maybe around like when you talk about elevating your space, Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm assuming you work with both established schools that want to kind of, I don't know if it, we call it reinventing yourself or rebranding yourself, as well as maybe at a seed level, you know, new entrepreneurs or business owners that are saying, hey, we want to do this from stage one. Can you just walk through maybe what that process would look like? And if it is different for new versus existing, maybe some of the nuance. It's
2: it probably, you know, it- you don't have long enough on this podcast to do that. We'll schedule a second one for that. Perfect. But but I, but I would say that, right, the process is all about listening, right? And so our job is to listen to the priorities and understand the values of somebody's business goals and figure out if they're actually communicating those things. So now, in our way, we communicate that through the experience a customer has through a space. So we communicate that through design elements, through through branding and signage and graphic development and and the experience of, you know, every fixture and every detail and and what that goes into, right? Take a take this mindset away from the childcare experience. And all of us as consumers go to restaurants and there's an experience there that the patron gets at a restaurant and they feel like they're connected to that, that space. Same thing happens in your coffee shop. It happens at your doctor's office. It happens at your local hardware store. There's no reason that it shouldn't happen in childcare too, right? Yeah. And so- for us listening to that when you ask about what's the process right we're going to interview you we're going to descend on your space and learn about what it is if if you're working on remodeling your your facility right but if you're going from ground up right you have a a dirt field we want to know how you're going to use that field right is it is it three buildings or one is it you know so we're going to go in and really try to understand your objectives and and you as the business owner where you think you can be different and then we're going to work to accentuate those differences so that they message out really well and they become um key ways to, for you to to elevate your brand and elevate, you know, really how do you get
1: more enrollments how do you keep the ones you've got and how do you charge more for it was it yeah yeah, that's like if you sum it all down to where the impact is, let's talk about the ROI and how that's going to actually play itself yeah. out. Yeah. And and I would imagine that, Neil, you guys are both, you know, in terms of being partners for your customers, both, hey, let's help you with this individual project, as well as we're going to be an ongoing partner for you as you move forward with all the different projects that you're working on. Is that a, a fair assessment in terms of how you interact with your clients? Dead
2: on, dead on accurate, right? I mean, what we Listen, we'd all like to in our business go ahead and sign the big whale who says, Hey, great, you're you're in for 70 schools. Let's go. Right. But you always start with one. Yeah. And our job is to grow with you as a partner and, and continue to help you elevate and evolve. Right. I think I think we were talking about earlier the idea there that um the places where we patronize, right? That where we go as consumers to spend our money. They don't just stop once they've arrived at their at their how they want to look and feel. They're constantly evolving. If you if you go to your local fast food restaurant, all right here in Georgia, we we all love our Chick fil A nationwide. I think that that's pretty pretty obvious, right? Given their their stature, but whether it's Chick fil A or McDonald's, they don't they they constantly are are remodeling their space, right? They're they're every seven years they're looking at hey, how do we refresh? we would tell you that that's the same expectations that you should have of your space
1: too. Right? Wow. For a child. You know, here's the
2: thing. I, I, my objective for you is, is is that you don't ever want to pick up your head from working all day and look up and go, Hey, um, I'm, I'm being forced to keep up with the Joneses. I want you to be the Joneses.
1: Right. Ooh, I like Set
2: the trend and stay ahead of it.
1: Yeah. I like that. I'm going to steal that. I want you to be the Joneses. That's going to flip that, that saying on its head. And, and I would, I would imagine for a lot of our industry, Neil, I mean, you you know, our customers and, and the marketplace and who our stakeholders are, that a lot of people say, look, I know how I want my families and, and kids to feel when they come in. I, I yeah. have this vision of like how I want them to feel. But how to actually create that? I have no idea. And that's, I don't know if that's too simplistic, but I would imagine that that's a common theme as you start to sit down with people that are looking for your help?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have to let Lindsay take that one for sure. I think that that is one of those scenarios where I would say we're just doing a better job listening. Uh, But yeah, why don't you jump in there?
3: Yeah, I mean, we get to, like Neil said, listen to what their needs are. And it's really fun for me as a graphic designer um, to see what those translate. To visually, Uh, we get to go through a whole design discovery phase and look at what someone likes visually, and then work within those parameters to tell that story and to, uh, yeah, illustrate what that story is and what makes them unique.
1: Yeah, and that's what they want to be in their marketplace. Are there trends that you guys are seeing? You know, I see. You know, one of the topics that um, that we kind of had on our our agenda to talk about is like outdoor playground space like I know there's a lot of trends and a lot of things that you guys see and I love how you were saying Neil around like every seven years it's never gonna you're never gonna arrive and it doesn't change again but right now there's some things that you guys are seeing and focusing on maybe we're yeah well look
2: look the
1: the big c-word of the
2: last three years right COVID forced everybody to rethink how they're addressing health and safety and one of the key drivers of that experience that we all experienced was, hey, let's get outdoors. Let's get our children outdoors more. Let's get them to, you know, ensure that they're running around and playing still and feeling like a child outdoors. And well, hey, if we're gonna focus on letting, you know, improving that outdoor experience, then let's actually go dive into improving the experience. And and all of a sudden we all looked up and we've got thousands of child care centers of playground space that Need help. They're they're kind of stuck in the 80s of what traditional outdoor um, play spaces look like, felt like, smelled like, tasted like, all of that. Right. It's and so what can we do for our children to make sure that they're really experiencing that and the and the design trend that we gravitate to. It's not the only one. It's the right one. Right. <laughs> it's, the say, one. it's the best. It's the it's the
1: best one, but that's okay. It's the
2: best yeah. one. Yeah, it's not right that what what works is what you can stand behind and be proud of and deliver a print, uh, you know, uh, something that is that your client and your customer wants. Right. That they can then um, excel at. Right. However, for us, we are seeing an absolute definitive direction. The market is moving to natural playground spaces when it comes to um, children's play spaces in in child care, right? Outdoor playgrounds. So so the other part of that terminology happens to be the outdoor classroom experience. Right. So bringing the classroom out from the inside, outside. And we tend to merge those things. So and there's 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 reasons why we do. And there's there's a, a series of for us, we have basically nine core competencies that we look to provide as an actionable item in every single space, whether that's a a playground that's divided into multiple yards for multiple age groups or just one yard, right? You know, so you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to list off all nine. If you want all nine, call Better Beans. But there are, you know, things like um, loose parts play and natural growing experiences and sensory environments and music and movement and the opportunity to create um, an engineer on the outside. So from a childcare perspective, if you're thinking about the centers that you may have in your classroom, you should be thinking about those centers outside too, right? That's our job. And then their job, the design team job is okay. If If those things resonate, you what do, how do we act, activate those things and design
1: for them? Yeah. And, and, and are you guys finding then, as you're talking with clients, that outdoor space that you're talking about, Neil, is that, do you think that the launching off point was COVID? Like everything became, Hey, we have no. to be outside. We
2: had, or was I, I already wouldn't ha- call it the launch. I, I think it accelerated. I, I, yeah. I have to, I, this isn't not, this is um, it, it. I think the rest of the world, embraces outdoor play and outdoor space um in different ways and i think that we we all have been influenced by it but you know i think it probably started out west in california where there's a little bit more of a liberal approach to what can happen outside let's face it there's there's more outside time right uh, in than the rest of the country in some ways, maybe Florida too. Right. But so I, I I wouldn't say that COVID was the launching off point, but um, in terms of an event, it definitely accelerated everybody's desire to, to affect it. Right.
1: Yeah. That, that does make sense to me. You, you made a comment a few minutes ago too, about a lot of outdoor spaces in childcare, maybe at, you know, public school systems as well and public parks, Are still back in the 80s and 90s versus a more modern approach? Is there anything that comes to mind just for like listeners to visualize? Like, what's an example?
2: Let me ask you that question, right? So, when 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 you were you're older now, you have glasses, you have less hair than the last time I saw you, right? Me too. But when you were a child,
1: you went to the park and you played on a what? Yeah, we played on a, a, we had a slide, we had a swing, like metal slide, swing, maybe a little um, teeter-totter. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of what else was there. And usually it was like gravel, you know, like little yeah, pea gravel. Maybe a monkey bar. Monkey bar. Yeah, exactly. I guarantee you if you're still going to, th- those things still
2: exist and there's nothing wrong with those things, right? But, but the manufacturers and the providers of these things have have figured out that they've got to be attractive and they've got to design for them. And so you can go out and see that our parks really, frankly, the municipal parks have kind of elevated how they provide that experience for us in the natural playground experience. We're saying to you that you don't have to have that monkey bar experience and still, you could still create alternative climbing solutions, right? You can still find ways to have children experience the idea of a slide by creating a natural hill with turf. Right. And so all of a sudden the elevation changes all of a sudden, the types of materials that, that you're getting into change. And, and the, so the, that all of a sudden becomes a way that children interact with the pieces. But also here's the other, the other part that we notice. Um, And this is not, this doesn't make it wrong for the big equipment providers. They have great businesses. They're doing a great job of what they do. But we've seen that children Want to create their own interactive spaces, and they want to integrate their own ideas of how to play without being forced to how a structure should move. So, like, here's the thing, and and we all hear it in childcare: a a teacher says to a student, "No, don't climb up the side that way. You can't go up the slide. You have to go down the slide." Why? Well, why? Why is that? Yeah, why? Who made that? Childcare licensing says that that's how you use a slide, and that's the answer. Right. We've put these restrictions on students because of how we interacted with slides when we were growing up. But does that make it right? And so when you start taking off your your design ideas and your how it operates and you you realize that children looking for that freedom, then you start designing with that freedom in mind. And, and, And our designers get really excited about that opportunity to to design for the student without restrictions.
1: Yeah, and reversing. So there's a, there's
2: a terminology. It's not our term. We we stole it from somebody, um, and we don't steal, by the way. We <laughs> we loosely borrow and and but the idea that we're teaching children how to how to choose and us uh, and and understand their level of risk when they play is a big deal, and you can do that
1: effectively with natural playgrounds. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that because you're also saying like, I mean, the interesting thing about this, you know, I think I read a quote, maybe it was from you, but talking about as a business owner, when you're playing Ryan, around. right? no one ever read a quote from me. No, but no. I, I think I'm reading your very first quote from you, Neil. This might oh, go down okay. in history. Go down historic. Okay.
2: Go ahead. Yeah, I interrupted.
1: This, we're going to mark this day. What's the date? It's June 8th, 2023. This might be a first. But you know, just talking about how a playground walks the talk of a childcare owner in terms of the authenticity. And actually, when I saw that and thought about it, it does make sense because if I'm a parent and I'm going to come to a school to take a tour or I'm driving by my community every day, I might not see the inside, but what I see on the outside is going to ultimately be my initial impression of the school. Is that, is that what that you mean by that? Or is that what that quote means is the playground speaks the message? I don't remember saying it, but
2: I I agree with you. Lindsay's got some notes prepared around that topic because it's come up before. Jump in on that one.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree that your interpretation of that 100% true and important. Like parents are going to drive by and see that. And yeah, it means to look good. Um, But you know, a lot of schools nowadays are also, saying like, oh, yeah, we have natural playgrounds. We um, we like to encourage kids to play outside and they talk about their playground. But if the parent walks outside and sees, you know, plastic structures and they're dingy and old and dirty, you know, that is gonna cause them to lose that credib- credibility. So, you know, anytime that you're able to demonstrate the things that you claim, it's gonna establish that credibility Uh, And that authenticity with, uh, with your parents or anyone. Um, Yeah, I would also uh, say it relates to branding as well. uh, Mm -hmm. Because a lot of schools, like we, we've seen this a lot. They like to use certain words in their names and their, the tags. So they'll say like brilliant or excellent or anything like that. And, you know, maybe that's true. But if a parent walks in and sees a dirty inside, Um, tape on the walls smells bad anything like that like they're not going to believe that so it's just important to really take action on the things that you say you are and who you are and really show parents that
2: yeah so so walking the walk is implied beyond beyond operations right it's it's yeah kind of reflect back on what you say you're going to be and then and then look at your design accordingly is, is that accurate?
1: Makes total sense that your adjectives on how you describe yourself or that branding matches, you know, how you approach business. So that, that brings up, I know we're shifting maybe a little bit from outside to inside, but you brought it up, uh, you know, around some of the common things like tape on the wall or even, you know, not cleaning quickly and somebody comes in. Are there some common mistakes, like things that you guys see when you're interviewing clients and looking at their spaces that are like, stand out? Like these are common mistakes, easy to fix, but you see them a lot.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think those are definitely a few of the good examples of those. And I would also say just in terms less of of mistakes, I would say that childcare has just changed a lot in the last 20 years. Like we've been talking about. Um, I remember as a child in pre-K, you know, we had primary colors everything. Primary colors on the curtains, the rug, um, even the teachers were dressed in the most, you know, childlike and primary color way. Um, and nurseries were too. You know, the way the parents decorated their nurseries, but like that—that's just changed. And schools have not kept up with that change. Schools, a lot of schools still look like that, and it's important for you know them to keep up with it because. Um, You know if you want to as a graphic designer another mistake that I would bring up would be uh, dated logos you know so many people have logos that you can uh, look at and immediately say like oh that's from the 90s that's from the 80s and you know you might be attached to it and that's understandable but a new parent is going to come in they're not going to have that same uh, attachment to it in that same Mm -hmm. way that you view it and so if they see that and say, wow, that's a dated logo, then they might also question, hey, is their curriculum dated? Is their teaching methods dated? What else about this is not up to our standards and keeping up with where we are as a as a world?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate to the uh, to the logo and the mascot, you know, our pink Tucker, the penguin is the pro care you know, logo mm-hmm. slash mascot, and listen, we can change aspects of our software program around, you know, the program itself. But if we touch Tucker and change it, we hear about it from our customers. So I, I, I can relate a little bit to the to the logo piece. We've updated them recently, and um, it's a fun process. But people get attached for sure. What were you? I, you were I saying think
2: something? the the less of a mistake and more of an opportunity is is that there are still a you know we would like to think that we're, we're able to move the meter here, but there are still a lot of centers that resemble an more of an institutionalized look and feel and you're competing for a a enrollment dollar and a savvy customer who's not looking for that in for their child at at the preschool age grade age group range right they, there's time to go into institutional field that's called elementary school. Right. Got it. But but prior to that, the our families, people with young children are not looking for that feel. And there are so many ways that we're continuing. We you the uh, you know, you guys in schools that are out there continue to give them that thinking them that that's what they want. Right. Colors, it's the, you know if it, it looks like a parochial school that we may have gone to from first grade to sixth grade. And that's just not, that's not even the way those schools are being designed right now. So.
3: Yeah. And it's yeah, not just about the way that it looks or feels. It's also about, you know, we have a lot of data on this stuff now. We know that, you know, the color red makes kids angry. And you know, there's just so many different examples of, of data in that way. And that's the stuff that we know. And we try to design with that kind of stuff in mind. So it's not just that we're telling you like, hey, you probably shouldn't do this because it looks bad. But there's also a data driven reason for that. So, you know, we yes, we want to we would prefer to be modern and trendy, but we also want to be driven by data and we want to include timeless elements that you know, you don't have to throw out the next time you decide to look at your brand and change things.
2: I've got another mistake. This is absolutely a mistake, in my opinion. If 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 I'm allowed to have one, I think that something that happens and the question is kind of what's a mistake in childcare design. I, I'll tell you, the mistake is in childcare design implementation. It the implementation issue for me is is that. Uh, When clients and customers decide that they're going to do this uh, evolution of their space and they go and they they break it up over a significant amount of time so that your customer never realizes that something has changed. Right. So, hey, this Mm. this year, we're going to paint the front half of our building. Next year, we'll paint the back. This year, we're going to handle taking care of some new lobby furniture. Next year we're going to take care of the right side classrooms. This year we're going to work on right, and so it's this band aid approach to constant evolution, as opposed to we listen. Everybody knows the um, the HGTV world is is there's a reason there's success there, right? They they take that person in front of their house, their their um, their project home or whatever it is, and they go, hey, move that bus, and they have an experience, right? They see hmm. dramatic change and they're able to elicit a response from that dramatic change. You don't get that credit if you just paint the infant room this year and next next year you're going to work on the three-year-old room, right? So the, the issue for me is if you're constantly just tweaking and slightly making improvements, you never get the credit from your customer or you don't get, how about this? You don't get as much as you could. And that's yeah, you- a big deal for us is, is that driving credit also drives revenue. Driving credit drives connectivity with your employees. Driving credit drives the ability to do more for them and do more with your money. So go big or go
1: home. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, if you want to make that big impact and get your business to that level, you got to be committed to it and you got to make the financial, the time commitment. But what you're saying is we have data to support that that type of an investment in the right decision will be the best investment for your business. Yes. What about, I I saw something that you guys are building out or designing interactive like parent spaces. Is that like a, a thing for child development programs and early learning environments now where, I mean, it makes sense. Parents are on campus, maybe not like they would be, or they wouldn't be like in first through six and middle school and high school, but you always have parents present. Is that a is that a thing that you guys are seeing?
3: Yeah, um, it is, and we try to stress it in every brand that we do, especially if there's ample room for it uh, in the lobby. Um, it's just a great place, like when I mean, it's a little coffee area and an area that you can put parent notices and you know, keeping them up to date on what's going on in school, anything like that. Um, it's just important to have that connection with the parents so that they can feel a connection of where they're sending their young child for eight hours of the day. Um, that's a hard thing, you know, even harder when they're in uh, this preschool versus an elementary school because they're young children. So it's important to have that open dialogue um, that parents feel with the school and they can have the confidence in that. Um, yeah.
2: I think, I think it's about first impressions, right? But Lindsay you were telling me the other day or we were recently talking about it right every 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 one of us all have the well, this doesn't work on a virtual background but I'm I'm holding up my my phone right and so everybody's got apps and our clients are communicating with their customers on apps we know that right there you guys have an app that 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 communicates the progress of the student throughout the day um all, all of the all the 90 I'm sure that the market says that most child care centers are using app driven software to communicate with families but but i would tell you that there's a danger there of the app taking the place of of face to face contact and so what we want to do is design for opportunities to engage help engagement right and and i think that that's what you were driving at is right. is that is that let's let's give you a space or an action or an actionable amenity area that allows you to have true interaction with a, with a parent or a child uh, that's not an app or the classroom, right? I, I would also say that even in these spaces, it becomes your first impression too, right? Because our parents aren't always going back to the classroom and spending time in the classroom. So how, what they see in the lobby or the common space is what they think is happening all day long. So you better make it look good. You better make it interactive and, and experiential.
1: Yeah. So like that, that institution approach where it's real sterile and like a, an entryway where parents are, you know, just signing their kids in and out and then yep. leaving the building. If that's their only exposure to your building or your business, even though it could be the most amazing place behind those next set of doors, their impression, what you're saying is, is not aligned with your brand. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Is that- Is that when you talk to existing centers, like on that level, Neil, around, hey, your building may not be set up right now in line with your brand. And we want to help you with that. Is it challenging to go into an existing space and try to remodel that? Or is it, it's always possible to improve a physical space. Is that a fair statement? Always, always possible to improve. Yes. I mean,
2: I think restrictions are what they are. And the way someone may come into it with what they have in mind. But um, yes, it's always possible to improve it. I, if, I, think, I think our team, I'm going to steal your word here, but I think our team thrives on what other people think are impossible, right? I, I think that's natural for anybody in design is, okay, well, you've presented a problem, but we'll fight, figure out the solution.
3: Yeah, because yeah, that's pro- what that's what we do every day is problem solve. And like Neil said, like that's what we thrive off of. There's no challenge to too difficult, like like that's what we do. And some of the most difficult, if you want to say difficult or the most uh the project with the most preset restrictions on it have ended up becoming my favorite. And it's not because it's my design style or I like the colors of the icons or anything that's in the logo. It's because I took it from what it was and made it into something new that's within these parameters and it works and it's good. And and that was a that was a challenge I had to solve. And that that's really rewarding.
1: Yeah. The bigger the challenge, the more rewarding it is at the end of the project. And is that how it starts for your customers? I know I asked you earlier about your process, Neil, and I know it's it's a long process. A lot goes into it in terms of working with a client, but for somebody who's like, hey, I'm about to start construction, or I've been thinking about redesigning my space and I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I'm assuming it's as easy as hey reach out to us we'll set up some time and you guys have a, a really well defined process of how to vet yes. yeah
2: the very much so right i mean if, if the, for the end for us is figuring out how to make it happen right We're, our job that's our mission um our job is to make it happen and so we approach that process with that end in mind and and so um without going back to some of the things we said i think it it is it is a blend of of taking the experiences that they've come to the table with and where they think they're going uh, and trying to reconcile the information that they're providing about what they want their, their business to look like and feel like and what the experience they want to get credit for and understand if that's going to, those changes would achieve an ROI, right? And then it, having our design team basically responsible for that, right? And we we don't make any guarantees, but Boy, oh boy, the track record's there. It works. These things work. So
1: um, You have data support. And I, it. and I agree
2: with you. It's about solving solving for problems or, or even creating opportunities, right? Sometimes one of the restrictions that people go into, into building design is they think that the classroom may be licensed for only a certain quantity. The value of knocking down a wall and extending the room. Or changing the way a space is laid out so that they can maximize that capacity, and all of a sudden, four more students equals forty or fifty thousand dollars more in annual revenue, and over the lifetime of that business, in just that one space, that that may be many hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? And that that takes a project from, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can reach it because it's so finance. It's a it's a it is a financial lift
1: too oh my gosh, I don't know how I can't. All of a sudden it flips the script a little bit. And I and I think it's helpful to obviously talk with individuals and, and experts who have helped other businesses do the same thing, because you're going to look at it with a different set of eyes, obviously an expert set of eyes from a branding standpoint. But also we had a client that did this very thing. They knocked out a wall to create more space and it did X, Y, and Z for their business. So the simple okay. process of talking about your experience, I'm sure is helpful. You guys work nationwide? Any geographical limitations? Worldwide, Ryan. Let's go. Worldwide. There are planes now. We can get on planes.
2: Yeah, nationwide, right? Seattle to Miami and everything in between. So, you know, know. we have a, a big giant wall here in our office of where the beans are. And it's not uncommon to see different bean teammates in different parts of the country. Today, we've got Folks in Denver, Ohio, South Carolina, and Florida, right? And and so um, if if you have a need, we'll we'll look at it and consider that how effective we can be to solve the problem, no matter where that need is.
1: You'll have beans anywhere. How did how did the, the name better beans come about? I gotta I gotta ask about that. So so there the team was
2: doing a, a naming exercise because even even for ourselves at that time, we had a solution for people. And we didn't have our brand for ourselves. So, um, you know, in, in our space, in the childcare space, we don't get a lot of opportunities to create names for people. Like most people come to us with a brand that we have to evolve. Um, very few people come to us with an opportunity to name their new space or name something for them. But we have the opportunity to name our business. And, uh, you know, I know that the exercise entailed a a passing around of a what at the time was a sample, a Campbell soup camp, And it spawned a discussion of, well, what's your favorite bean? And we realized, I think this is my story. I, I'm sure that some of the other bean teammates would would have a, a different take on it. But I think the the way it worked out was we all found that we all have differences. We all have different beans that we liked and but we realized when you put the recipe together, we're a better bean, right? The, the collection of our beans make for a better recipe. For you that our clients and for us
1: as well as uh, too. It was actually a soup can with beans. Yeah, I man. this is a no-brainer for me. I'm a hundred percent don't even have to think about the bean. It's a coffee bean for me. No doubt. You're a coffee bean, okay. Coffee bean. But yeah. what are you guys? You guys have a favorite, a favorite bean that everybody has we to do, say and, it. and
2: I bet you, Ryan, you have a re- like you have a story of why the coffee bean was is important to you, right?
1: I, well, every morning I have that story, Neil. Exactly. Okay. It's because every go. morning that is a priority for me to start my day, and I love the smell of coffee. And sometimes even like just the warm cup in the morning while I'm reading, super important to me. Sure. So that's
2: no. what's your favorite bean, bean Lindsay? You
3: know, mine is butter bean or lima bean, kind of the same thing. But yeah, and I guess the kind of story would be. I'm from the south and butter beans for this very southern. It's uh it was my favorite one growing up and yeah, still is so.
2: I'm a um, I'm a garbanzo and um but and when I'm not a garbanzo, I'm a, a black jelly bean, like the old school classic, everybody hates it, but I love it. Licorice. Black jelly bean, licorice. Yeah.
1: You go you're you're swimming against the grain there for sure. Oh, that one, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't surprise yeah. you. How do people? That doesn't surprise me. I will say, but I like it. The black jelly bean. That's like black licorice, right? Like that's the yes. one people yeah. throw to the side, yeah. and they eat all the other ones.
2: Yeah. yeah. Give them I don't, please don't mail me them if if you're <laughs> hearing this podcast. Don't don't collect a, a batchful and send them to me. Um, but yeah, I'm
1: a, I, I'm not going to turn them down either. All right, that's fair. How do people? I, I know we. Um, you guys are busy and we're excited to have you on the show. And obviously, we also want to give our audience an opportunity on how they could find you guys and, and maybe learn about the types of services that you provide and your expertise. So, can you guys share just as we wrap up?
2: Find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching Better Beans Branding or email info at Betterbeansbranding.com and we will respond back.
1: Excellent. Simple to find you. This is Nielsen Gupta and Lindsay Ward, Better Beans branding, guys. And we really appreciate you guys being here and uh, excited to to watch you guys as, as the years go on. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Ryan. Good to see you again.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Child Care Business Podcast. To get more insights on ways to succeed in your childcare business, make sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you want even more childcare business tips, tricks, and strategies, head over to our resource center at ProCareSoftware.com. Until next time.